This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you can Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Last episode for the year. Mm. We're taking a week off next week. Then we're getting into our summer series, which we've already recorded. Some of our best content to date, I would say. But I'm excited for this one. It's a strange note for us to be finishing on a share market investing podcast, but let's close out the year with crypto. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know there's a number of people in our community who listen to Crypto Curious, uh, our cryptocurrency podcast, but also uh, that you know we've been dabbling in crypto throughout the year. So have uh, some of the team members here at Equity Mates. So in the spirit of wrapping up, we're going to do a crypto year in review because boy, has it been an interesting time in cryptocurrency this year. Most recently and notably, the collapse of FTX, which we will get to. But this episode is supported by CoinSpot, Australia's most secure crypto platform trusted by 2.5 million Australians. CoinSpot were awarded the internationally recognized ISO 27001 certification and they are the only Australian exchange to conduct an external statutory financial audit. They are the home of crypto in Australia since 2013. 2022, Ren, what a year it has been. And we're going to go through 10 notable moments for cryptocurrency in 2022. Some good, some bad. Coming off the euphoria of 2021, we got rug pulled in late 2021. Yeah, we did. Climb a Dow. Climb a Dow. Crypto markets were booming, but then it all kind of started going south. And uh, there's been some positives, which we'll get to, but... Yeah, what a tough year. Let's start with the numbers because that's really what most people care about. So in Aussie dollar terms, at the start of the year, 65,000 AUD, now about 25, 26,000. In US dollar terms, 47,000 at the start of the year, 17,000 today. Obviously, that only tells part of the story of the decline because Bitcoin reached its peak in US dollar terms, what, November last year? Yeah, yeah. And it's down 72% from there. Jeez. So that's Bitcoin. <laughs> yes. I it, mean, it's, it's, not, it's no worse than some of the 
some of the companies in in uh, on the stock market. To be fair to Bitcoin, though, it's really it it fell precipitously in the first half of the year, and it's really sort of held in that high teens, low twenties for about six months. So there's that. <laughs> You have been saying that a, f- a fair bit this year. I think it's just been... I've been saying that? Yeah, it's just been like holding its pattern. It hasn't just been consistently bombing. Didn't know I was sounding like a broken record, Yeah, but good to know. It is also worth noting that the... Do you remember the the spike in 2017 when we were all like, what is going on here with crypto? Yeah. That peaked at about where it is now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it peaked at around 20,000 US dollars. That's right. In 2017. Up from like four or five. Collapsed to like 5,000, no, even less, like 3,000 by the end of 2018. And then it sat around that for a bit and then it went on a massive bull run in like 2020, 2021, got up to 64,000 US dollars and now it's back down. But where it is now is similar to its peak in 2017. It's good perspective. So that's important to remember. Even if you bought at the peak in 2017 you'd probably be about flat today, maybe down a couple of percentage points. There you go. So important perspective. You bought at the peak. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. But I actually dollar cost averaging. So I've been averaging all the way down in this, nice. recent, in this recent crash. Nice, nice. Well, look, I haven't kept my eye on the price of Bitcoin anywhere near as much this year as I have in previous years. Okay. But um, similar to you, I do put in a small amount. I think I did the maths. 4.6% of my monthly investment allocation goes into cryptocurrency. The rest goes into into equities and a core portfolio. So that's Bitcoin. Uh, now with Ethereum, the second largest coin. Yeah. Yeah. Was down 64% across the year. So um, Bitcoin slightly outperformed it. Some big moments for Ethereum this year as well. Which we'll get, we'll, to, we'll that. get to that. But uh, in Australian dollars, it was 5183 at the start of the year and it is now $1,926. I mean, the story is very similar to the yeah. Bitcoin story. Um, it peaked November last year. From November to now, it's down about 73%. Bitcoin, I think we said, was 72%, so very similar. Where it is now is very similar to where it peaked late 2017, early 2018. I think it's down... If you had bought at the peak in January 2018, which I actually did, <laughs> I bought Ethereum at the peak <laughs> <laughs> and held it until today, you'd be down 5%. Oh, okay. You would have been up over 200% if you went from peak to peak. But yeah, it's just an interesting perspective that like, what do they say? Higher highs, higher lows. Well, there you go. Anyway. There you go. Good perspective. Where to from here? Where will it be next year? Oh, you were, I mean, not Jeez. advice. Flat, I reckon. Flat. Well, I mean, you look at you look at what hap- has happened in previous crypto cycles, and I'm a little bit reluctant to say history is a good indicator because it's such a new asset class. But you know, post 2017, it had a massive fall, and then it just held for what, like two years, and then it ran up again. Anyone predicting that we're going to hit a bull market next year probably is more hopeful than realistic. Hmm. Who knows? But who knows? Yeah, who it's knows? just a supply and demand driven <laughs> asset is. class. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, well, we've got 10 moments from 2022. Not all of them are related to price or anything like that. It's just some key moments that have happened in cryptocurrency, uh, governments getting involved. Um, you know, we've seen uh, what happened with Ethereum, uh, NFTs, you name it. So let's get stuck in. And the first, and this is uh, somewhat in order from January through to now. So first one was Canadian government getting involved, trying to freeze uh, access to... Uh, cryptocurrencies and fundraising platforms in uh, Ontario uh, through a a petition to a court. So the the story here was that there was a convoy protesting COVID-19 restrictions in Ottawa and they were getting uh, $24 million in support through cryptocurrencies and, uh, and, and the like. And so the Canadian government tried to step in and freeze it. Justin Trudeau is not done going after the Canadian truckers, even though the police broke up the convoy and arrested nearly 200 protesters this weekend. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. This state of emergency is not over. That's the first story. The second story, similarly about paying and crypto, but while the first story was about COVID-denying truckers, the second story (laughs) is about the Ukrainians. So after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the Ukrainian government reached out to the crypto community on Twitter. That's such a 2022 way to fundraise for your war effort. But yeah, the crypto community on Twitter to raise funds. And in February, they began accepting cryptocurrency donations in Bitcoin, Ether and Tether. Mm. Since Moscow's invasion, more than 102,000 payments have been made worth 54.7 million US dollars. Ukraine has seen an outpouring of support from around the world as it tries to fend off the Russian invasion. Some of that outpouring has come in the form of cryptocurrency donations. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, I don't know how far $54 million would go in a war. But um, great to see 102,000 payments coming through. Yeah. And that the cryptocurrency ecosystem has been able to facilitate that. And for me, those first two stories really point to a use case for cryptocurrency outside of the speculative investment asset class that so many people know it as, which is frictionless, borderless, permissionless, instant payments. Mm. Like Mm. it is truly a way to transfer value instantly mm. it's just that that value fluctuates yeah, profoundly yeah, what would that be worth today that was in f- the third headline was uh again re- regulation related and it was biden signing an executive order to do with regulation well i think it's really interesting i mean this is the first time that the federal government has looked at crypto regulation from a comprehensive perspective you know as you recall President Biden issued this executive order back in March. He gave various federal agencies, both financial regulators and some non-financial regulators, mandates to look at different issues, to look at some of the concerns we have with this space, but also some of the benefits that the crypto industry and sector could provide and come up with recommendations about what types of regulation are needed going forward. After 13 years, three administrations since Bitcoin was formed, President Biden signed an executive order instructing nearly all federal agencies to develop detailed plans for US crypto regulation and enforcement. In hindsight, how uh, interesting this is. However, it was sort of criticised as Biden's order only really amounted to little more 
than a research mandate requiring the departments to finalise a strategy and submit it to the White House. Why, why do you say in hindsight how interesting this is? Well, like, I find this thoroughly uninteresting. Well, it's like, hello, look at what happened to FTX. We need regulation. Oh, like, let's okay, get okay. Let's get going. <laughs> right. Like get moving. And it's it's like he's started but it's pretty soft and it, 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 this is going to take ages. FTX US was a US financial institution. Yeah, but like... That's why it was like, you know how they're like FTX US, been, FTX International. That's true. But like but I, don't still, it, I don't broadly think... Broadly speaking. Yeah. Yeah. That's why old mate's been arrested. Uh, yeah. Which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, Yuga Labs, a leading NFT firm, introduced Other Side. Now, I've got to say, I did not include this story because I have no idea what sentence I just read there. <laughs> did you put this in? Well, Ren, this is uh, all things NFT related, and Yuga Labs created Bored Apes. Okay, that is something I'm familiar Board with. Bored Apes Yacht Club. Some of the most valuable or were the most valuable NFTs. Probably I, still the most valuable. I, I don't know where yeah. they stand at the moment. But they acquired the CryptoPunks and MeadBits collections, um, cementing themselves as the leading NFT firm. Do you own any, any NFTs? No. <laughs> I thought someone got it for you for Secret Santa last year. Or was no, that you no. Giving? I screenshotted Alf's NFTs and printed them out for him and put <laughs> them in frames. Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They then introduced a magical planet named The Other Side, allowing community members to buy into this. The introduction was the most anticipated NFT drop of the year and the sale netted them over 310 million dollars making it the most significant nft drop in history there you go great i'm gonna move on <laughs> so yesterday developers of the running network which was created by axie infinity it's essentially the blockchain that the game runs on for payment rails announced through a blog post that they had discovered a hacker had stolen 540 million dollars worth of cryptocurrency last week on march 23rd so uh, story number five, hackers stole 500 million US dollars from the Ronin network. Uh, there were several pretty high f- profile crypto attacks, crypto hacks this year. I think this, this attack didn't happen this year, but the one that really stands out for me is that SoundCloud rapper. Oh, yeah. Do you remember her? Uh, t- no, nah, not really. We did a whole feature on her for TikTok Investor Fridays, um, who I think the, the allegations were her and her boyfriend stole billions of oh, dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like biggest crypto theft, biggest, biggest crypto heist in history and they caught them this year. And they, yeah, they're in jail, aren't they? Uh, or they got, yeah. they got arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of the biggest actual theft this year was the 500 million stolen from the Ronin network, which I believe do Axie Infinity. Yeah. For people who are unfamiliar, Axie Infinity, think of it like an NFT-enabled Pokemon game where... You can actually get it, it. It's like the leading play to earn game where you get paid to play the game. And people were making so much. I'm not sure about now, but in 2020 and 2021, people were making so much that you could actually invest and buy someone their first Axie and then get paid a percentage of their winnings. Like it was seen as an investment yeah, yeah. in not in the NFTs themselves, but you invest in a player to play these play to earn games. It was a crazy world. Don't know if it's still going on. There you go. It's all happening. It's all happening. 500 mil. They believe it was North Koreans that did the hack as well. The US have said it was a North Korean backed group. So there you go. Yeah. 500 mil gone. 
So I have never seen anything like this. This is the collapse of what was the third largest stable coin, and it's basically been collapsing in real time. There have been a lot of concerns about stable coins, including from regulators and lawmakers. So the sixth story, uh, this was one that really shook markets, the collapse of terror. And uh, they say it was one of the greatest failures of decentralized finance. Uh, and the effects of this implosion are still unfolding. So the one-on-one on Terra was it was a stable coin and it was meant to be pegged to the US dollar. So one US dollar could always be converted to one Terra. Um, but then that peg broke and then it collapsed. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm pretty sure it was like a coordinated attack, but well, not an attack, but like a fund figured out a way to break the peg. Oh, it was an intentional break. I think so. Yeah, right. Well, the Terra ecosystem was worth over $40 billion at its peak at the start of 2022. Yeah, so I think it was the second biggest stable coin after Tether. Okay. I think it was the second. It was big. But yeah, Tether and Terra are different stable coins. Yes. Well, on on May 7, a series of massive sell-offs really threatened terror essentially it led to a liquidity crisis for some some major platforms which we'll get to in a moment celsius three arrows alameda research genesis genesis <laughs> uh and it, it really uh, piqued the interest of legislators around the globe who really were condemning the dangers posed by these stable coins it wasn't great it really was the start of the end for a lot of uh for the second half of 2022 there's arguments that this is what broke ftx as well but let's, let's move on to story number seven, which is Celsius, Three Arrows Capital, and I guess Alameda's crisis. So for people who are unfamiliar, Three Arrows Capital, they were a big, uh, I guess, crypto hedge fund. And they were seen as smartest guys in the room sort of thing. They actually had spent $50 million on a yacht. The name of the yacht, Much Wow. <laughs> Actually, they never got on the boat. <laughs> they never got on it. Well, because their firm collapsed. Before they even got possession of it. Yeah, before it was even finished being built, I guess. Wow. Yeah. And then, yeah, liquidators came in. But I think what it showed was just how interconnected the crypto ecosystem was. And it was like a cascading series of failures after Terra's collapse and the company that was supporting Terra or that created Terra, Luna and Celsius and Three Arrows. And it just showed how much everyone had been lending to each other. Yeah, it was just a cascading series of crises. It get, takes us to FTX because at that time, Sam Bankman-Fried was seen as the... He was, he was being called the JP Morgan yeah. of crypto. Yeah. And he was seen as the saviour. Yeah. And interestingly, he was buying out a lot of these companies before they went into bankruptcy proceedings. And at the time it was like, oh, he's doing so much, but... In hindsight, people think it was to cover up the amount that he was, like the FTX and Alameda were in this whole interconnected web of borrowing and lending to each other. And what he didn't want was for someone else, you know, a liquidator to come in or someone else to buy the company and then call in the debts Mm. that FTX and Alameda owed a Celsius or a Three Arrows Capital and something like that because then they would default as well. And so he was buying them up front to protect his company. Well, there's tweets from him trying to justify why he's paying the prices that he was Mm. for companies that were essentially bankrupt. Yeah. 
Yeah. So again, in hindsight, it's interesting to see how it yeah. all played out. It is fascinating how interconnected they all were, how they were learning against each other, and uh, and the it's just it's so dodgy. So you know Mark Cahodas, yeah, the short seller. Yeah. Um, for people who aren't familiar with that term, maybe the best short seller in going around today. Uh, definitely the most dogged short seller going around today. He was he wasn't short FTX because it was private, but he was publicly ringing the alarm bell for FTX for months, like back before every man and his dog said, "I knew there was something dodgy with FTX." Um, back when Bankman Freed was still seen as the crypto savior, he was interviewed on Meb Faber's show maybe a week or two ago. It's worth listening to um, just to hear how he came across it his perspective on the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, for him, when Bankman Freed started buying all these companies, rather than waiting for them to go into bankruptcy and buying them for pennies on the dollar, he was like, I'm right here. I know I'm right here. Wow. Yeah. But even before that, he was like, the whole backstory of Bankman Freed was bull and really, really interesting listen. Give wow. it a listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well played. Yeah, anyway, so that was probably the biggest story in the first half of the year. Yeah, big time. And then some massive ones continued. In a positive no, on a positive note, we had Ethereum's proof of stake upgrade completed. Tonight around 1 a.m., Ethereum, the most widely used blockchain protocol, is completing this software upgrade. Now, called the merge, the event itself is going to take about 12 minutes. Now, this had been in the works for a long time mm. and it was finally completed. Now, going to need your help here, Ren. I'm pretty sure it was to do with the way that work is validated. So traditional crypto is proof of work and you have supercomputers mining by, and by mining we mean solving incredibly complex algorithms. Uh, whichever supercomputer solves that algorithm, they yes, then the coin. Update, the, update the blockchain the record is updated across the network and then that miner is rewarded with the cryptocurrency. It's an incredibly in energy intensive way to maintain a decentralized record. And so that's how Bitcoin is still managed today with miners and a proof of work system. Ethereum pivoted or switched to a proof of stake system where rather than people having to mine and use all that energy and supercomputers to update the blockchain. Instead, if you prove that it's like you, you basically stake your Ethereum yeah. and you use the proof that you own the Ethereum to validate that the transactions on the block that's being updated are correct and yeah. then the, the blockchain gets, the, the ledger gets updated. Yeah. So like the long and the short of it is they pivoted the way that it's managed to take out mining yes yeah the result of that is an energy efficiency uh improvement of 99.95 percent and a 90 percent reduction in eth emissions now the bitcoin maxis will say it is no longer a decentralized network and instead now the biggest owners of ethereum can control the network which is fair there may also be an argument that there's a fair bit of consolidation in the Bitcoin mining community as well and there's a real 80-20 rule there as well. 
It, it probably did centralise it a little bit more. Yeah, well, the price climbed 100% from its June low, but we it's still down 64% year to date. So it was successful in the end when it was finally completed on September, September 15. Two to go, Ren. The number, number nine, US Treasury sanctioned Tornado Cash, the Office of Foreign Assets Control of the US Treasury, said on 8th of August that it added the Tornado Cash protocol to its sanctions list. It said this because the CIA stated that cyber criminals used Tornado Cash to launder money. Find me a cryptocurrency that probably isn't used for that. Find me a currency that isn't used for that. Yeah, that's a very good point. Thank you. Sanction the US dollar. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I allegedly, according to Oztrack, our three biggest casino operators have all been embroiled yeah. in this, allegedly, according allegedly. to Oztrack. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I, look, it's a year where crypto hasn't – I think you've pulled out ten stories. One of them was positive. Well, yeah. the Ethereum merge was completed, but some would say that wasn't a good – thing yeah i mean look you could you could say the same for stocks this year as well we're not here ripping on crypto there's been plenty of uh well, we are here ripping on crypto. <laughs> there's been pl- plenty of negatives as well in the um in stock market but ren let's close out number 10 ftx yeah we're headlining this block with bitcoin which has just dropped below seventeen thousand dollars per coin there is news going on here this is the story of the day especially if you're in crypto ftx the big exchange has filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy the chief executive sam bankman fried has resigned where did it really start it really started with binance and cz uh dumping ftx's cryptocurrency or their token ftt that led to a run on the bank or a run on the exchange. People tried to withdraw their money. FTX didn't have the money to give it back. Everything went wrong. Binance said it would buy it. 24 hours later, it said it wouldn't buy it. FTX couldn't return its money to investors. Turns out it was giving a lot of money to Sam Bankman-Fried's hedge fund, Alameda Research, and it looks like a lot of that was required because Alameda was swept up in the terror collapse. And now, long story short... He's been arrested by federal authorities in the US, uh, arrested in the Bahamas, extradited to the US, facing criminal proceedings of fraud, embezzlement, and Mr. Roy... Uh, John Ray J. John J. Ray III. Ray, that's it. John J. Ray III. He was in Congress, I think, uh, earlier this week and and said that despite... Uh, unwinding Enron through a massive um, period of fraud. <laughs> he said he's seen nothing as bad as what has been going on at uh, at FTX. Not great for uh, Sam Bankman-Fried and all the investors that were involved in it. Now, uh, you know Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank? I do. I was watching his testimony at the Congressional Inquiry into FTX and he was saying, so FTX over the years raised about $2 billion in venture capital. Kevin was saying that he called Bankman-Fried when all this went to shit and was like, what actually happened to that money on the balance sheet? Apparently, the story goes, Binance's CEO, uh, CZ, owned 20% of FTX and every time Binance and FTX would go to, new re- go to a new jurisdiction to try and get regulated as like a financial institution, um, CZ wouldn't give... FTX the necessary information for FTX to get registered because and because he was a major shareholder I think he was the second biggest shareholder after Bankman Freed they needed his information and he just wouldn't give it what and so it meant that in every jurisdiction Binance was getting 
regulated and registered FTX before holder. FTX. And so apparently Bankman Freed decided they just have to buy CZ out. They have to they have to get him off the um, off the books. Off the books. And so a lot of the money that they raised, especially in those later rounds, went to buying out, out CZ and then CZ dumps the token. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So like there will be a business wars podcast on this. There will be a documentary on it. Um and it will it will really focus on I think the rivalry between these two big time, and who's and there's nothing to say that CZ himself well, isn't have, doing dodgy stuff as well. Have so. you seen the massive Binance withdrawals the yeah, last few days? Yeah, yeah. He, he's trying to say that it happens regularly, and it's nothing's unusual to see here. Yeah, but billions of dollars are coming out in 24 hour chunks. So. Yeah. Who knows, Ren? Who knows? But that uh, that is 10 crypto moments from 2022 whilst uh, it has been an incredibly interesting year in the crypto space. There are uh, firms out there who are secure and one of them is CoinSpot. Firstly, a shout out to CoinSpot for supporting Equitymates this year and specifically for supporting FinFest. They were one of the major sponsors. So thank you to, the, to CoinSpot. Uh, they are Australia's most secure crypto platform trusted by over two and a half million Australians. They were awarded the internationally recognised ISO 27001 certification and the only Australian exchange to conduct an external statutory financial audit. They've been home for crypto, for Australia's crypto since 2013. Head to coinspot.com.au. So Bryce, as we close out the year, key takeaways from the world of crypto and how you're going to invest in 2023. The key takeaways have been um, sort of how I've always approached it. I'd Definitely don't know anywhere near enough about it to make value judgments and value statements. There's there's so much uh, that the regulation side still provides a lot of risk. Um, and so my investing hasn't changed uh, at all compared to, you know, even two years ago. Nothing more than sort of 5% of my portfolio goes into cryptocurrency. I still think that having a little bit of the toe, toe in the water in some of the bigger coins probably it is where I play but um the takeaway has been man there is a lot going on and some regulation wouldn't go far yeah what about yourself I think for me it's really important to separate the cryptocurrency story from the businesses in the cryptocurrency world story because what we've shared today so the first two stories the uh Canada trucker protests and Ukrainian military, like the, they were use cases of cryptocurrency where people were, from all over the world were able to get money to where it needed, where they wanted it to go instantly, frictionlessly. Like that is an, an incredible use case for cryptocurrency. This whole Yuga Labs introducing other side, not a world that I understand, not a world that I play in, but like, those are the technology stories and that's really exciting and that's why in 2023 you're going to hear a lot about central bank digital currencies because governments and regulators are seeing the technology story for cryptocurrency and getting excited by it. So that's one side of the story. Then if we were to group a number of the other stories, I would say these are business stories, not technology stories and that's uh, Terra Luna, Celsius, 
Three Arrows Capital, FTX and whatever's happening with Binance. These are all companies that are playing in the crypto world. But what brought them down wasn't anything to do with the technology. Mm. It was their business practices. Mm. It was how they were managing customer funds. It was how much collateral they had and how much they were borrowing and what level of leverage and risk they were taking on. And these are stories that aren't unique to crypto, but it just so happened that in the wild west of crypto, all these people were trying to get rich quickly and blew themselves up. Mm. And so I think for me, the really important thing, the takeaway from this year is that the technology story and the business story often get conflated, but they are two separate stories. And I don't have a good answer on how to invest in it, but probably if I was to say how I'm going to approach 2023, I'm not investing venture capital into any crypto-related businesses, but I'm probably going to keep dollar cost averaging into cryptocurrency itself. Well, 2023, what a year we are about to embark on. Who knows where this is going to go. But uh, Ren, that is the end of today's episode and the end of our content for 2022. We are taking a break for a week. Enjoy your Christmas, everyone in the Equity Mates community. A massive thank you for for your support as always. Thank you to CoinSpot for supporting Equity Mates as well. We will be back uh, at the start of January with our summer series where we're diving into 12 stocks both here in Australia and over in the US probably one of our best summer series to date. 11 experts joining us to help us unpack those stocks as well. It's going to be awesome. Make sure you tune in. Have a safe Christmas and Ren will pick it up in January. Sounds good. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.